With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
USA, the new Babylon, renegade nation, born the new Babylon, man-made war for my control, carried on mainstream media platforms to rattle y'all, but I can't be shook by the White House, never gonna write route, that's the right route, bury me a G for gorilla, and I climb out with the nine out, no time for time out, get up, 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 get up. Listen to the KRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P. and Pudgy Miller. Are you there? <laughs> are you there? How are you doing? Good. Good. It's been a while. It has been a while, man. It's nice to be back on the KRP Radio Show. I'll tell you that. Great. Glad, uh, glad to do this. That was... Uh, Sure, you recognize that was Oscar Jackson Jr., better known by his stage name Paris. Paris earned a bachelor's degree in economics from the University of California at Davis. And I might not agree with everything Paris would say, but at the end, uh, I think he nailed it. He said, uh, The people united would never be defeated. And a lot of what we're going to deal with tonight, I think, they're trying to uh, divide us. So, what, what was your general impression when the whole thing happened with George Floyd? You kind of know some of my thoughts, but what were your thoughts when this, this whole thing blew up? Uh, you know what, Rocco? It's, it's uh, you know, I don't know that I still, I still don't know what my thoughts are. And uh, I feel like uh, a lot of this has been brewing. Um, I think there's been several attempts at. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we want to. Pardon me a sec. Let me make sure. Okay. Can, sure. can you hear me clearly? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there's been. I mean, it's just been a lot going on, Rocco, in 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 the past twenty years, man. There's, there's been a lot going on, and. When I saw the George Floyd incident, you know, I, I, I it's, it's hard because I still don't know what I saw. Uh, it, it was unbelievable to me, and, and I know this is 2020, but mm-hmm. it, it was unbelievable to me. The biggest thing that I saw, number one, um, society has a craze for uh, death, if you will, and malice and mischief, and it's like we we live in a crazy society where uh, people get off on seeing uh, murder, murder, death, kill. I mean, it's it's yeah. everywhere. Yep. It's, it's, yep. And and I don't know if I'm numb to it because of how much, or, or no, I won't say I am now, 
uh, if I've been numb to it because of how much we've seen uh, in, in entertainment and uh, on social media or, or just in our everyday lives. And I, I don't know if I've been numb to it for, for a long period of time because of that uh, or not, but uh, the, it seems like something about the George Floyd incident felt different. Yeah. I don't know why it was different, but it, it felt different. It was different than than when the police rolled up and, and you know, never said freeze to a 13-year-old Tamir Rice because someone said he had a BB gun in the park. You know, mm-hmm. it, yep. it was different than when they uh, they, they shot the, the mentally unstable uh, kid that was in the middle of the road with a pocket knife 140-something times, round, fired at this, this kid with a pocket knife in the middle of the road, uh, I don't know, 100 feet at minimum away from anyone, any able body or, or body, period. You know, I don't know why this one was different, man, but it was different, and I don't know if it was different because we actually watched it and we saw it go down, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'd like to believe that it was different because there were no guns involved. There were no knives involved. Uh, there was there was nothing. It was just a man, and 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 his his ill will, and his evil, with a very blank look on his face, almost as if he didn't have a care in the world, and we watched someone die. Uh, at the hands of that man. And, you know, I've seen a lot of death in my time. I've seen people be killed. I've walked up on dead bodies or stabbed bodies. I've had several attempts on my life. I've been a victim of police brutality uh, a few times. So I feel like maybe, Rocco, just maybe for me, Individually, and not for anyone else, but just for me, brother, I feel like it was like uh, uh, something just came to a head. And I felt more frustrated about this one than, I've ever, than I ever have before. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I agree with you to, to, to a large degree in, in this sense. And, and you, know, you know, a good deal where I'm coming from is that and you talked to you said the same thing. I was thinking that there's been so many things in the past that have been as visceral, that that, that have been as brutal and violent, and resulted in 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 deaths of people that were that was unjustified at the hands of the police. Uh, I didn't know about that one with yeah with the kid with the uh, young man with with the knife. But remember that one in Atlanta a couple of years ago. The guy was running. I think he got out of a car and. He was running away, and someone had had their cell phone out. The cop shot him in the back. I don't know four or five times, and yeah, yeah that guy was the cop wasn't even arrested on the spot. Yeah, you know, it's like if the guys, if someone's running away, black, white, brown, yellow, how, how do you justify shooting somebody who's running away from you? It made no sense. But you are absolutely right. This particular incident with Floyd sets something off. And my question is, and obviously I can't answer it, was it staged, not meaning he's not dead? Did they want this to happen, or did they use it? I quoted Ram the Bull Emanuel, former, uh, former <laughs> chief of staff for uh, Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, former mayor of, 
of uh, Chicago, I've said more than once, do not, do not let a good crisis go to waste. So whether this mm-hmm. was staged or whether it was not, it's clear they want to use this to incite a whole lot of you know, distrust and animosity. And the other thing we'll get into is you, know, you have people that protest, and that's you know, First Amendment, the right of the people to peaceably believable. And it only takes a small amount of people, and there's real clear evidence this was provocateur, to make it turn violent. And that that accomplishes a lot of things in the in the public mind then. Because with a lot of people, in people's minds, they automatically associate protest with violence. And that's insane, sure. but that's what the media has done. The thing the thing you said as far as the visceral nature, you know, the, the, way, the way the you know the, the alleged cop looked and here's just here's just a little fact in in the past and in, in passing about this officer. His neighbors thought he was a real estate agent. They said they never saw him in uniform. Is that disinformation? I don't know. But the neighbors that lived next door to him for years, again, unless that's disinfo, unless they want to float this as, as a fake rabbit trail, they had no idea he was a police officer. They thought he was a real estate agent. That's very bizarre if that's true. In any case, I did a little research into why someone would put someone's knee on someone's neck. I don't see why that should ever be used. And it turns out, it's pretty interesting, the Minneapolis Police Department was trained by Israeli police because they do that on yep. Palestinians. So that's one thing that's one thing we could thank Israel for, uh, helping helping uh, US police officers brutalize people. So I don't know why you have to ever do that. I, I can't again, I don't know. I didn't I didn't research the video. You know, I just want to talk the ramifications as far as what's happened, all the implications, all the results of that. But it'd be real interesting if there is video to see what happened before that point that he thought he had to. I don't know if there's ever been an explanation given for why. He'd say, well, it just made sense to me to put my, you know, my knee on his neck. I don't know if that's out there even. I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, man... My brother, we, we've been dealing with this. Uh, uh, we've been yelling about this police state for a lot of yep. years, yep. Uh, a lot of us. And, you know, I remember the time when, and I'm not talking about a long time ago, I mean just a few years ago right here on KRP, you know, we talked about police state, we talked about the training, we talked about the mentality we talked mm-hmm. about the angle, the, we talked about it all. I mean, we talked to people all across the world, and everybody had a concern about what the police were doing today and how they conducted their business, but nobody wanted to get together across, uh, uh, I'll say, uh, value lines. I won't say party lines. I'll say value lines. Yeah. No one wanted to get together and hold them accountable. And I, I feel like we've allowed this thing to brew because we've turned a blind eye to it for so long, for so many years, uh, if not just uh, br- brutality from police, the entity of police to poor people or even black people or white, uh, if not just for that, just for the mentality of police versus uh, taxpayers in general. And, and we've seen it on repeat. And this is no different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, this, to me, is the same as, I, albeit a different time period, but it's the same as the slave catchers 
going out, catching people, and, and doing whatever they will at they will at the master's request. Uh, and, and this is what we're seeing. It's like open season on everybody. And, and a yep. lot of folks don't want to hold police accountable because for some reason when you hold people accountable that you value and you trust and you appreciate, right, because I do value, trust, and appreciate policemen, you know, citizens who hold those jobs, you know, good, decent people who want to make a, a good, decent living and make a difference, a positive difference. It's like you can't hold them accountable and love them at the same time. You know, people feel like it has to be either or, and that creates a conflict. That also creates a divide, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, I agree. I agree that, that they want a lot of this is, is causing vision, and, and what you touched on is true with police. I mean, someone like John Whitehead you know, has written at least two books about the police state in America. Uh, there's so many so many angles. I've talked about civil civilized warfare. You could be driving down the highway in North Carolina in Tennessee. I'll pull you over, and if he sees cash, or if you're if you're ignorant and you're you're foolish enough to tell him you have cash, he could just seize that. Yeah, he just sees it. And then yeah, I, I talked I talked to a police officer in North Carolina, someone I respect, and yeah. And because I, I was shocked when I found out in our state, in North Carolina, they they could do civil assets forfeiture, because I hadn't heard much about it, and I I, I found that was true. So I'm talking to a police officer who's a friend, not an enemy, a friend, and yeah, his response w- was to me was horrifying. His response was, "Well, you could get it back," and, and I'm thinking like, <laughs> so you, you, you're 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 guilty until you prove innocent. So you are black, black, white, whatever. You get pulled over. They seize your property without due process. They seize your money, and then you have to spend time and money to regain it. There was, a, there was an incident in Tennessee years ago. A guy from New Jersey, I don't know why, was buying a car in Tennessee. So he had something like $10,000 in a briefcase, and it, it, got, it got seized. And then he had to spend the time and money to go back to Tennessee to prove this he had cash that that was his cash legally. That that he had. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I understand the frustration with a lot of people about the police. And the bigger point is is that as far as I'm accountable, is that the system doesn't. The system is inherently corrupt. And so we're we're heading into. You know, a very very dangerous period because we'll talk later in the show hopefully about you know the, the solution get, getting rid of the police. I don't think in and of itself is a good idea for a lot of reasons. But the point is, the system doesn't want the police to be accountable. People talk about qualified immunity that should have been eliminated years ago. I mean, there's there's really common sense solution that if the politicians weren't corrupt, they would have fixed a long time ago. But this is what they want, in my opinion. They want us divided. Want the violence because you know problem reaction solution they create the problem of police brutality mm-hmm. then criminal police the reaction is people get upset and honest people protest you have some provocateurs we'll talk about that too you, you basically have a small amount of people that commit violence that demonizes all protests in the public mind and then the reaction mm-hmm. is police get police get more brutal or the insanity of getting rid of the police and then thinking that well in a high crime area yeah, that, that's going to be yeah, that's going to work well. The provocateur angle, though, I mean, you all know this has been done for years and years and years. There's great videos out there of World Trade Organization protests in Seattle in the early 90s, 
And you had guys in the black, they looked like Antifa before Antifa, and guys in black with their faces covered, just walking up to windows with hammers and smashing them. And that's happened this time, too. And mm-hmm. they came out, they were undercover police. It came, it's not, it's, it wasn't a conspiracy theory. So the police were provocatory violence, demonized the protest, then they made all the protests illegal against the World Trade Organization. So this is the game plan they did. And this time, in this case, we have pallets of bricks that randomly appeared in protest New York City, Kansas City, Dallas, and Fayetteville, North Carolina. That, that those, those probably more. But and people tried to say that the one. I mean, several so articles. One piece there was from the Daily Mail in the UK. They tried to say, well, was this police or was this was this protesters? Was this violent protesters that did this? Like, I don't think it was protesters because if you were illegally to get a truck and to drive up in front of city hall and leave off, you know, I don't know, a couple of hundred bricks. It's kind of, yeah, you kind of draw some attention to yourself. <laughs> it's obvious. It's obvious they were planted. It's obvious, it's obvious they were planted. I mean, there's even some yeah. videos, if you saw it, in Washington, D.C., three honest protesters, protesters tackled a guy who was smashing the pavement to throw stuff. They handed him to the police, and the police let him go. So, yeah. They're not even hiding it that they, you know, that no. they're provocateuring this in a lot of cases, and yet that begs the question. Like I said, well, why? Well, why is because they want more violence to demonize protest to basically have have a, have a stronger clampdown, or worse yet, then get rid of the police, and then I think then at that point uh, things would happen. One would probably be you'd have the military in the street, which yeah they've already talked about in light of the COVID. You know, the COVID psyop and other reasons. But it, it's it's just amazing that, yeah, it, it, I feel bad for people that believe TV. Because I, once in my life I did. And you watch TV, they create reality. It's just, it's not yeah. real. I mean, it's fake that they just create this narrative. It's like, I'll protest, it's all violence. like, no, it's not. The vast majority of people could be honestly protesting, and then it only takes a few people to show up and somehow get their hands on bricks. I mean, I know for a fact in Raleigh, this came out in the news as an observer, the police, in my opinion, had to be told to stand down in Raleigh when, da- when part of downtown Raleigh started to burn. You had one person from the North Carolina General Assembly, I don't know if it was, if it was Speaker House Moore or Senate Pro Tem Phil Berger, but he was taking video from his cell phone camera from his uh, mm-hmm. yeah, apartment above the fray, just saying, I wonder where the police are while stuff's burning. So they had yeah. to be told to stand down. Same thing in New York City. They had to be told to stand down. They had to. Mm-hmm. And this is part of the mm-hmm. problem. And again, because the media is basically an extension of the government, it's all CIA. They don't talk about it. You know, man, I just know that it's been brewing, though. It's been happening. Oh, yeah. You got- you, I mean, listen. You you have these provocateurs that are working. You have these 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 what people don't want to believe, but you have these societies and let's just call it money and influence that that are also working from behind the scenes. And then you have the bigots and the racists and the ignorant, all rolled up in one, working for the, working towards the same agenda. And and it's funny because they don't even realize what they're doing, uh, collectively no. speaking. No. You know, no. collectively speaking, they don't yeah. realize what they're doing, and I, no. I think now, look, it's showing itself. And and if there's any beauty behind this, it's that people, real everyday people, 
are starting to believe in each other, and I hope that I hope that people will, you know, clamp their clamp your shoes on, tie your shoes up tight, man, because it's going to be a literal fight. Like, it's going yeah. to be a fight, yeah. and and you know they say, you know, people out there saying, well, we don't we don't it shouldn't be any violence in protests. Well, here's the thing. This is not a regular protest anymore. Uh, this is a turning point in history. And if you look back in history at, at any turning point when the people rebelled and took back uh, what was rightfully theirs or when they had to overcome the ignorant laws or, or whatever, you know, to change society for better. Anytime that happened, uh, there, was, there, was, there was fighting. You know, there was fighting, and, and, and people died, and it was a long, drawn-out process. And I don't know that we're not at the tip of that point right now. Uh, I, I think we're here. Uh, the scary part is all the behind-the-scenes manipulation. Uh, will the people really ride it out and stick together, or will they allow themselves to be manipulated and taken advantage of unknowingly? Uh, I I, I agree. I, I think there's there's a lot of dynamics going on as as far as the people. There's some good videos out there with uh, people, protesters, honest protesters, stopping people from committing violence. I saw one video. A guy was about to smash a window with a skateboard, and you know, someone mm-hmm. who was honest ripped the skateboard out of his hand. I saw another one somewhere in the Midwest, and people made a wall of bodies. They were about to smash windows, and people made a wall of bodies in front of a drugstore, and they said, no way. You're not doing it. <laughs> right. That's just that's the type of stuff that has to happen because as it gets violent again, we know they're provocatory violence. They want violence. In other words, there's nothing good that's gonna that's gonna come from from the violence, in my opinion, because the response is gonna be twofold. This is you be met with more violence, which the state or experts are doing, or they'll they'll temporarily pull back. And then you'll get the military if you want if you want the police gun. The, the hilarious thing, a great example of this, how how it's being manipulated, is that Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, man. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You know okay. what that is. Six square you, you, you know what that is. That's, that's, yeah, it's controlled. That's, that's white. That's white liberal America. That, that's what that is. It, and, it's beyond that. They, it, well, it's absolutely beyond it. I mean, you see it. Yeah. You see all the influence, and yeah. you see the money. I mean, you can see it clearly. Yep. It it is. It's like I said before, though. Some people, some people don't know what's going on. The people on the street might believe it's real, uh, but uh, th- this is a great example. The, the CIA media wants to think that the people took it over. They didn't take it over. The Seattle nah. police stood down. They gave it to. They gave it to them. They didn't take over anything. That's right. This, this is what you. they want. This is this is what they yeah. want. So you have some you some yeah. idiots on the ground that think it's real. It's not real. <laughs> no. This this is this is this is how they push agendas. This is how they pass laws in their own favor. That that's anti-American. That's anti the people. And that's anti of our rights. This is how we ushered in, in after 9-11, this is how they ushered yep. in Homeland Security. Just like with yep. COVID, how they broke all the privacy acts, all the cell phone laws, all the, all the private providing yep. laws that have been broken uh, because of COVID, they're doing the same thing with, with the, this uproar in America over, over this, uh, what, what we want, what could be called a new race war 
uh, or a new the new rebellion. I mean, you call it what you want, but this is where we are. And and they use these things. That's why they're giving up these precincts. That's why they're giving up these blocks, these city blocks. I mean, it's insane. So I'm I'm so afraid, bro, of the legislation that's coming behind it. I, I'm 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 a little bit off my hiatus. I said as long as Donald Trump was president, I was going to take a hiatus. I told people in D.C. I'll, I'll talk to y'all later. I don't want no part of this. I don't want to be around it, and I haven't. But I I, I have uh, you know come out of the closet a little bit because things are going to get very interesting very fast and in quiet. And if you don't pay attention to legislators, man, they will pull the wool over your eyes really fast. And before you know it, there'll be new laws in the books that will be totally. I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, we we know what's coming. No, I I, I hear you. I think I think I don't want to go down a rabbit trail and 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 get off topic tonight. But I think Trump will get reelected. I think what's going to happen with DC? They obviously want Trump to win. Biden has dementia. I mean, when they have bait, come on. I mean, it's just it's like Joe Rogan said. It's it's like a seven year old fighting Mike Tyson. I mean, it's sad. I, I feel bad for for Biden. But this. This is a setup. The Democrats chose him because they want Trump to get reelected. When Trump is reelected, I think, while, like I said, with legislation, I think gun control, I think it's going to be horrible once he's reelected. It's, it's going to be it's going to be absolutely horrible. He's going to be. They'll use it as the example. He's lame duck. You see what his allegedly, yeah, conservative Supreme Court justice said. Done. I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. Or if you're watching yeah. those decisions, they basically just said, yeah, now federal law covers covers gender identity. It covers people that want to say they're not their biological sex. So you know the pressure that's going to put on churches and any type of religious institution in schools. And this is due to Gorsuch, who's you know, a Trump appointee. Yeah, but enough with Donald, with, uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, America's top president. Uh, I'd like to fire him, but can't. But we know. No, if he was replaced, it'd be all yeah. It says I wouldn't tell you you lose in D.C. You know, you know, you know. It's a scam, scam. Yeah. The amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, you mentioned obviously they're provocateuring this as race. I have not yeah. seen anything w- w- with this cop, this yeah, this cop who may or may not have been a real estate agent, but I've seen nothing with this guy that has proven anything. That I could tell, I could be wrong. Again, I didn't do extensive research on the guy. That there was any racial motivation here. In other words, that they didn't. It, it, it doesn't seem like they planted anything fake on Facebook or, you know, a Twitter account or anything. It seems like there's nothing. As well with other people, I, I covered. I did a show. There was a, uh, there was a white cop. Lady had to be a white cop. And I, I did. I did part of a show on this, and it was in. I think it was in Dallas. It was in Texas. She had worked uh, for two shifts, at least, I think, 14 hours. She was tired. She showed up at a wrong door. The guy had the door cracked open as a black guy using ice cream. And, yeah, she, she shot him and she killed him. And it, mm-hmm. it literally happened like that. It literally happened. I mean, she was tired. She went to the wrong door. And she got on uh, eight, eight or ten years. It was just – it was insane. I, I'm not saying it was racially motivated, but as far as her with the police state – she had stuff out there on social media saying, you should thank me that I don't kill you today. This is the people yeah. in some forces. They let them be cops. It's like, how was she even on the force if you could think that could be a joke? I mean, th- right. this is, but this is what they want. Yeah, this, this yeah. is what they want. This is what they want. And again, every force I try and tell people this is that all the police are not bad, okay? But the system is corrupt. For example, the war on drugs. The system is- I feel bad mm-hmm. for police. 
Why do they have to enforce drugs? People, okay, a lot of people in America now know it's hypocritical. You could go into a bar and you could drink until you fall off the bar stool, okay, as long as you don't drive. But if someone's caught with weed, no, then, yeah, then, yeah, then it's law. And so many states have just basically nullified the federal laws, Oregon and others, and just said, hey, it's legal in this state. So part of the problem, that's, there's a number of problems, but that's another problem with police, that, that they have to enforce unjust laws. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd say the people in Georgia, the, the good folks in Georgia would would argue that with you because this, this one black guy couldn't even sleep in, sleep in his car and <laughs> he, he took off running and, and, and he was shot in the back. You know, and I don't, I don't mean to make a joke out of that. I yeah. don't mean to laugh out of that, yeah. that, that, that was the laugh of disgust, uh, you know, what you heard. But you know what, Rocco, it, it's, it, here's the thing. I, I hadn't seen, and I've looked in detail, I hadn't seen anything of the, of the, uh, the, the, the piece of trash that, that uh, put his knee on William Floyd's neck, that guy, I, I hadn't seen anything that showed he was a bigot or a racist either. I, I hadn't seen it, and, and there's been a lot of people digging into his life. So I, I hadn't seen it either. But I think uh, with the racial component of it all is that, and, and I can speak, you know, from a law-abiding black man, father, you know, all, crime commission, all all these things that I've done, you know, it's just unreal how many times that I've been pulled over, asked questions, get out of the car, let me see you. And, and a lot of times I have to throw my weight around and say, hey, you know uh, I work for, I work with the Federal Crime Commission. Hey, you know I work with Congress. Hey, you know I lobby. You know, if you don't – it's sad that I've had to throw my weight around to get people to leave me alone. And uh, yeah. so I, I think that's where black people are looking at it and they're going, hey, there's a racial component. It's it's less about the individual that killed William Floyd, and more about the entity of the police state. I'm just gonna call it police for now because you and I know exactly what it is. But I think people are mad about the entity of the police and and how it feels like open season on on black folks. Um, and and I'll give you this right for example and and true story here. So out of out of Six of my close friends, or no, five, sorry. Out of five of my close friends, you know, uh, three black guys and, and two white guys, it, it, it's amazing that the three black guys, including myself now, uh, us three, uh, it's amazing that we share almost identical stories living in uh, California, New, New York City, and and South Carolina and North Carolina, um, it's amazing that we share the same stories. And then my two buddies who are from North Carolina, the white guys, don't share those same stories. Same economic levels, and 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 that's when you know that there's legitimately an issue, right? That there's an issue, and I think that's where you'll always find black people say, hey. You know what? They're racist. They're bigots. They're picking on black people. They're taking advantage of us. They're killing us at a at a at a at a higher rate than what they kill white people, or, or the injustice is at a higher rate. And and oftentimes it's been proved. But it, it, here's the reality of it all. Um, while we speak on, and I say we, I mean black people. And I, and I'm no way the representative of black folks, brother. I'm not. Okay, and and I'm not the speaker of all things black. Right? I'm, I'm definitely not that. 
but it's amazing that, you know, while we speak on the things from a black perspective, you know, there are other people who have who offer who who has another perspective uh that doesn't get talked about at all. And and it continues to be a, a cycle of of violence towards these people, be them homosexual, be them Asian, be them you know, I'm not trying to equivocate them the the race and the gender by sexual orientation, but my point is it's amazing that the, the things that are happening towards other people that are overshadowed or not talked about at all. And and when you, when you look at it all collective, what you see is injustice of, a, of an entity of police towards law-abiding citizens. And and it's unreal how it's happening. It, it's unreal the things that are happening. And, and what's most amazing to me is that it happens right before our eyes and then there are other American citizens that look at this stuff and go, there's nothing wrong with that. That, to me, that's the most dis- disturbing part of it all is that you, you, have, a, you have a society of people, uh, because they support the police wholeheartedly uh, w- without any uh, uh, judgment or, or accountability whatsoever, but simply because they respect the police and, and they, they – they stand behind them that they can look at something like what happened to Mr. Floyd and just say, hey, you know what, he shouldn't have been breaking the law. So essentially what they're saying is he shouldn't have been breaking the law and the police had every right to kill him if they wanted to. And that's the most scary part of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think most people at this point aren't defending, aren't defending uh, you know, the police executions, I mean, in, in that case. But some do. I mean, it's just like in the, in the, in the case, like you said, it was that in Atlanta. I mean, the guy, he was sleeping in the drive-in in Wendy's. They come in, they're having a conversation. Uh, it goes bad. He grabs a stone gun off of one of the cops. He tries to use it, which and he runs away. But like you said, to me, it's like, let's say it's me or you carrying concealed. And we get into an altercation with someone at Wendy's. And they grab something out of our hands and running away. And then you or I shoot him in the back. We get arrested. We're going to prison. <laughs> we're, we're going. The cop to gets prison. arrested, right? And the cop gets yep. arrested. It's like, like you said, with the mentality with some people, it's like, oh, this is unjust. You know, you're tying the cops' hands. They can't do their job. It's like, I, I don't. I mean, to me, it's real clear. If the police should be, should be held to a higher standard, you, you can't shoot anyone right. in the back. You, you just—he's right. fleeing. You, you let him go. He has a stun gun. Okay, you let him go. Now, maybe if he was coming near you with the stun gun, you might have a slight angle to say you fear for your life. But when someone is fleeing, when you shoot someone in the back, it's so it's so absurd that people would still say, well, you know, the police, yeah, you'd almost like being a police officer. It's like, yeah, but I, I know how guns work, and when you, bullets go in someone's back, that's not defense. <laughs> it's, it's we got to call it, let's see. We got. Okay. Let me see. The call is still here. Hi, welcome to KRP Radio Show. Are you there? Maybe they just listened in. A little caller. I don't know. Well, the, the other interesting thing about about the uh, the police officer, Mr. Floyd. Floyd is amazing. I didn't want to make it about him and the cop, but when you look into it, I saw 
one gullible Christian publication saying the guy was a strong Christian, and the guy was basically, you know, he, he was a porn actor, uh, among other things. He wore a lot of hats, and uh, I don't think there's any, any evidence he changed his life uh, at any point. But the interesting thing, with the, the interesting thing that came out, this came out about two, three days or so after after the story broke. Did you know the cop worked with the same guy at the same club? They both worked security. Yeah. Did you not? Yeah, they yeah. had a history. Yep. Yeah. Well, now, the, the interesting thing about that is that it was a big club, and Floyd worked security inside, and the cop worked outside. So they were saying, mm-hmm. well, there was a lot of people. They may not know one another. But the overlap was, I believe, over 10 years. So it's gotcha. harder to believe they didn't they didn't know one another, which still makes me right. which still raises the specter again as far as it being staged. Not saying he's not dead, but again they uh, they do things with people and you always don't know when they use actors how it's going to uh, mean act actors meaning people that are you know participating in something that's planned. You don't know mm-hmm. uh, they may not know how it's going to go in the end. But like I said, the fascinating thing to me with this, as far as the mechanics of the incident is. I'd really like to know what was the video, what happened that he thought he had to put the knee on the neck. That that's the thing. I don't know if anyone's even talking about that at this point. I don't know. I don't know. You know when I when I when I saw the the, the bank. Uh, did you see the bank footage from the bank across the street? And there was another footage from the store from a convenient uh, or one of the stores that were near. And I forget which which uh, crime news network. <laughs> Or which news network did a uh, uh, put it together? Uh, but they had a timeline of everything that happened, a time lapse based on all the camera angles that they had. And uh, you know, it, it 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 did not look like the man resisted arrest. And if he did resist arrest, it, it was definitely a mild case of of it had to be verbally because it definitely wasn't physical. So I, that that led me when I look at the time lapse and I look at how it went down, and then the you know the the news came out about them possibly knowing each other or working together. It, it made me wonder a couple of things, man. It made me wonder, you know, was someone paid to do this? Like, you know, yep. was this guy paid? To, was this a hit? Uh, you know, we're talking about a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. You know, mm-hmm. it it just didn't look right, man. And and I always go back to the look on, on the cop's face. I refuse to say his name. I, I always go yeah. back to the look on his face when he had his knee on that man's neck and, and, and supposedly soaking him out uh, but was really killing him. I, I look at the look on his face, and he just had a blank look on his face, man. And, I, you know, it, it's something very interesting about his face, and I keep going back to it. It's, he never looked down at his face. He never once looked down at that man. He looked at the crowd away, and he looked at the people that were videotaping, but he never once, if you go back and look at the film, he never once looked down at, at, at Floyd, not one time. So usually when people are doing wrong, right, when, when they're doing something wrong, you're trying to hide from the cameras or hide from people that's looking at you you're ashamed of what you're doing to a degree. It's almost an innate behavior. You, you regress a little bit. You you do things with your hands. He just had his hands in his pocket, the knee on that man's neck, and he was just staring out, staring out into the yonder with, with just a blank look on his face, almost like he had purpose for what he was doing, and he couldn't face the man. He couldn't face himself 
with what with what was happening. Yeah, I, I've I've got two angles. I I have two angles on that. Number one, this is the image they wanted to communicate. In other words, you see where I'm going with this. I'm I'm applying. Yep, I can't I prove it. They wanted yep. they wanted to show this is the media image they wanted to generate the reaction they did because we know there's been yeah. those you know so many horrible instances like that one in Georgia a few years ago the guys running away and he gets shot you know five six times in the back so this is yeah. the image they want so it's either one of two things either number one it was legitimate and the guy is that cold or number two he knew the guy they worked with him Floyd was already an actor this was all planned now. Floyd may not have known in the cop how it was going to end. <laughs> Sad to say, uh, but it's it could have it's to me it looks like the whole thing was staged. That this was a theatrical production. When they picked up the body, too, many many people have pointed out it wasn't real EMTs because they didn't take his vials or anything. So that begs the question: Is did was he okay? And is he now? Yeah, you know, is he in Costa Rica or whatever? Or were they just that cold? Did they want that? Did they want to create that impression like the cop that they just they wanted him to die? So yeah, you just don't take you just throw his body on the gurney. You don't take any vials or anything. But many people have commented EMTs would never do that. So a lot of unanswered questions about the incident. Many un many unanswered questions about that incident. Yeah, I've never seen EMTs do that either. The, the overwhelming stat, though, as far as the theme you, you point on, is that a lot of people, because they want people to think in extremes, either you have to defend the police or all police all police want to, want to basically kill people, everyone, all the time, everywhere. And the reality is the system is corrupt. There is widespread police criminality, but not all police are criminals. But the criminality is real and, and rampant. Just just a few a few headlines here. In four years in Texas, hundreds of cops were charged with felonies, including raping children, and none went to jail for those felonies. I get a lot of this information from, from the Free Thought Project. I used to go to Cop mm -hmm. Locked, and when I got off Facebook, aka Fedbook, I go to Free, Free Thought Project now. Another one. Video. This one was classic. Video shows Chicago police officers relaxing in congressman's office during looting and riots. That was classic if you saw that one, because one of them was even a supervisor, and then no one gets fired. When that comes out, it's like, well, they're going to get reprimanded. It's like, I don't know. On my job, if I was supposed to be doing something, and there was video of me for like over an hour just hanging out, I think I'm out of a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, but yeah. not for Chicago police. Nah. While during the looting and riots, they're just hanging out, having a good time, just having a good time. Uh, another another story that came out you may have seen: cops across the U.S. hiding badges and covering IDs. Cops across the U.S. hiding badges and covering IDs. That started part of that was in D.C. when they called in federal prison guards and they didn't want their IDs out. But then it's, it's happened all over the country. So again, this is a very very dangerous. Uh, very dangerous path we're going down. And yes, like I said before, problem, reaction, solution. They want to provoke violence against the police knowing what's going to happen. The police in the state have no problem then responding with violence. Let's see if the caller's back. Hello, mm -hmm. thanks for calling KRP Radio Show. You there? I guess, I don't know. 
Can't get, can't but, get you know, a lot of people like to call in and maybe, maybe they can't get in through their Wi-Fi and they just dial the number and listen okay. to the show. Okay. I never saw, I saw those people. Okay. Good enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, 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 prob- the problem with criminality with police, police is widespread. I didn't pull up the stats, but how many police shoot dogs throughout this country? And, and yeah, obviously that's not as bad as shooting human beings, but the idea that to try and look at this rationally, it's like you're, you're a police officer and you shoot a, you shoot a dog because someone's pet. Uh, do you really want me to believe or the public to believe that your life is at threat? How many cases do you see? I, I've read one story in the United States since I've been alive of a dog killing a person in the States. It was a lady jogging in Tennessee, and there was a pack of two or three dogs, and, yeah, she went down. But, I mean, this idea that police think – well, I had to use deadly force because my life was at risk. No, no, that's a lie. They've been given military training, as we've discussed. They're shooting on sight, yes. which is insane. And then they just decide to kill people's dogs. I forget the numbers, but it's astronomical how many dogs the police kill each week. It's, it's, it's insane. And yet for people, for people to defend that, it's beyond reason. It's, it's beyond reason. It just feels like when, when people – you know, I can't help but to think when people defend stuff like that, and it, it feels like to me, man, that people have some unresolved hate in their in their bones, in their blood, in their bodies. I mean, I just can't. I I, I don't. I, I can't reason I don't with know. that thought process. I, this, I just I can't. This is, just doesn't make sense this to is me. The way. This is the way I see it. You touched on it as far as the false presupposition. People talk about presuppositional apologetics in Christianity. I won't go there, but the idea someone doesn't believe the Bible, you basically deal with them at the point of, you know, what's your worldview? Okay, you already said you don't believe the Bible. What do you believe? And, you know, let me see mm-hmm. if that's true. And then, then I'll share it. Then once, once I disprove that, then I'll, share, I'll attempt to share the gospel with you. So I think with a lot of people, a lot of people are, are, are gullible. And they believe that they don't believe. It's just kind of like what you said, you know, with the bias as far as more blast getting pulled over and things like that and getting hassled. Is that a lot of people can't see something, unfortunately, unless they see it, unless they experience it firsthand. So when right. they hear this stuff about about police shooting dogs, it's they, they can't, they don't want to believe that police are evil until their dog gets shot. <laughs> they, yeah. they just, yeah. They just they just can't believe, it. or maybe a neighbor's dog gets shot. I mean, I I was just an a silly anecdote when I was still on Facebook, aka Facebook, a couple of years ago. So I was uh, chatting with a friend of mine in another state, and I put out a video about a guy shows up at a door, cop, dog comes out wagging his tail, and yeah, you know, he he drills the dog dead. And a friend of mine defended it. He goes, I didn't see the dog wagging his tail, and I said to my friend, Do you honestly think that dog could have killed the cop? <laughs> Do you think his life was at risk? <laughs> and, and people, again, they just, if you have that strong presupposition, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to stand by the police. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your dog get shot or you get shot uh, for not doing anything. But it's it's out there. Is it, I mean, it's just. Is it going to take that to get people to, to, to understand, like, what, what's happening? Like, is it is it going to take that? Is it going to take your, your son? You know, I, I was talking to a guy, an associate. I'm going to call him a friend, but def, definitely an associate. You know, and he was going on and on about how people disrespect the police. And I said, yeah, you know, it, it, it is a tough job. 
you know, I, I've worked on several commissions with the police and with the feds and all sorts of things, man. I, I totally get what they're going through. I, I totally get it. I haven't done it. You know, I don't decide to do it. It's it's definitely a hard thing. But my point is, I, I was telling him this stuff, and then I said, man, I said, do you have any worry uh, about your child jogging through your neighborhood? It's like, what do you mean? I said, well, do you have any worry that the police will stop your kid uh, while jogging in the neighborhood on the way home? I said, do you have any worry about that? He was like, no. I said, you know what, man, the difference between us is that I think for the first time in my life, I do. And I've never felt that way before. And and I always rode with the police. I, I've always did things to try to help better the community and be a liaison. I won't say with the police, but I've always been a community liaison uh, to some degree and it's always involved police or civil service or civil servants or the city or the sheriff or, or some kind of law enforcement. You know, they're always involved because they have these representatives on these commissions as well, and you get to meet people and you hear their stories and this, this that, and the other. And, I, you know, Rocco, I really have a fear for my 17-year-old, six-foot-four, muscle-bound, you know, super-in-shape kid jogging through, the, jogging through my neighborhood, man. I, I really do. And, and, you know, I don't live in fear. You know, I'm, I'm a child of God. I believe in Christ. But, you know, mm-hmm. with all that's going on, you, you can't help but look at your kid and go, I don't want you to be the mistaken identity that we've seen so many times for people that look like you. I mean, take it back to Trayvon Martin. This, this kind of uproar almost happened with Trayvon Martin. Like, it almost happened before. Uh, the difference is it wasn't law enforcement. Uh, you you had an overzealous neighborhood watch lunatic uh, follow a teenager and subsequently get in a, a, a fight with this teenage, this, this minor, really, uh, and not really, it's just fact, fact, fact that he was a minor. So he follows someone's child uh, after calling it into police because he finds that child suspicious, and they tell him, hey, Leave it alone. We'll send the car out. We'll send somebody out. You know, stay away. It, it, it's all good, right? Uh, but he he finds his way uh, to that kid, approaches him, gets in the fight, gets his butt kicked. Uh, somehow, maybe a scuffle over a gun or, or whatever, and he shoots the kid. And how does a person like that become a celebrity? I guess it's a two-part question. A, how does a person like that become a celebrity for justice, if you will? And B, why can't people see the the clear wrong in what this man did in following somebody, uh, provoking a fight, uh, not listening to the 911 dispatch, and killing someone? You know, I don't yeah. get it. What what that, am I missing, Rucko? That- that that one that one was more complex, but I'll, I'll give you the flip side of the coin with the police. Uh, we, I, I I mentioned Free Thought Project. You know, I go there, you know, very often, and sometimes I do side with the police in some of these. There was Thank one you. video they had. It was, it was in New Jersey. It was in New Jersey on the beach, and the girl was about 16, and the guy had her blow. I don't know if she was or something. 
And he was being he was being really really nice to her, and yeah, she was she was basically mouthing off to him. Then at one point, yeah, he, yeah, he asked her repeatedly for ID, and then she just started to walk away. And yeah, then he basically said it had enough, and he, yeah, he tackled her. And I I saw no brutality. It's like he he tried to be nice. <laughs> she was an idiot, and yeah, then he arrested her. I mean, a lot of people, and I think you'd agree with me, black or white. At one point, I mean, if you're yeah, the police may may want to put their hands on you. At that point, it probably isn't a good idea to resist, even if it's wrong, because it's not going to go better. I mean, they're going to outnumber right. you. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's something I've that seen... I tell people all the time. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah. gang in the city. Uh, you, you need you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, you ha- you had that you had that one lady saw the video in New York City. You know, she was coming. Black lady was coming off the escalator with the mask. And there's like five cops. Why is she trying to fight five cops? She's not going to win. To me, me, I mean, I think the basic thing is we touched on this, is that we have rights as individuals. And what what the New World Order wants us to do is they want us to make this whole thing with police racial. And if they do that, they do that. It's just going to further divide us, and and it's not going to yeah. it's not going to yeah it's not going to address the root issues, which is this criminal police, regardless of race. This thing is going on. It has been going on. We are in a police state that's unfolding, and in order to conquer it, we need to be we need to be united, not divided. But obviously, we see just like with COVID, they want us divided. Yeah, they want us divided, yeah. and that is their game plan. If we're divided, then they could bring in more racial animosity if they make it racial. Then they could do it. But when people realize, hey, I have my rights as an individual, there's there's, there's going to be bias, there's going to be prejudice, but I have my rights as an individual. And if I as an individual, if I let another individual, if I let their rights get violated, my rights are at risk. They don't want to hear that, though. That's right. Because that empowers people. That empowers people. Wow. I had a I had a video, Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you've seen this one. I'm gonna, it's a little bit long. I'd like to play it. He touches on some great points as far as what the politics are behind behind what's going on. So, I'd like to play that now if you don't care. Yeah, let's check that out. Thanks. In fact, we spent almost half of last night's show telling you about the rise of left-wing mobs in this country and the threat they pose to all of us. We felt it was that important. We told you that no matter what they're claiming on television or how loudly they are claiming it, their main goal is power. It always is. In order to seize that power, they will do literally anything, whatever it takes. They'll silence you. They'll hurt you. They'll burn your country down, and they're doing all of that now. You're watching it. So the question is, how should you respond to this? And the answer is, with courage. You're an American. You live in a free country. You have nothing to be ashamed of. You don't have to apologize for crimes you did not commit. You have the absolute right to say exactly what you believe is true. That is your birthright. Now is the time to affirm that right out loud. When enough decent people rise from their knees and stand down the mob, the mob evaporates. These people are not warriors, they are vampires. They melt in the light. When we show them we are not afraid, they go away. That's what we told you last night. Minutes after we said that, the mob came for us. 
irony of ironies. <laughs> they spent the last 24 hours trying to force this show off the air for good. They won't succeed in that, thankfully. We work for one of the last brave companies in America. They're not intimidated. We're grateful for that. But the whole thing did get us thinking that we should be more specific about who this mob is and what they're doing. Who are the people trying to take over your country, cancel your rights, eliminate our centuries-long tradition of tolerance, yes, tolerance, and of free expression? And the truth is we often don't know their names. They're mostly faceless political agitators who exist primarily online. They're trolls who thrive on cruelty. And yet suddenly they have immense power over all of us. Weak leaders now reflexively bow to their demands, no matter what those demands are. Why is that? What's changed? Well, that's a much longer conversation. We probably ought to do an entire show on the topic, and if the news ever calms down long enough to think in bigger terms, well, we, we will do that. But for now, it's enough to say that the country's defenses have been badly weakened by decades of relentless propaganda, all of it designed to make us feel that we have no right to stand up for ourselves, to stand up for our country. We are too sinful to resist. We deserve whatever we get. Shut up and take it, America. We could spend days showing you examples of this, but here's just the very latest. It's from CNN over the weekend. Yeah, I'm bringing this sign to the protest at the community center later. <laughs> they look upset. Are the protesters sad? They are sad and upset. And they have every right to be homo. People are upset because racism is a huge problem in our country. Across the country, people of color, especially in the black community, are being treated unfairly because of how they look. It's children's show. Got that, Bobby? America is a very bad place, and it's your fault. So no matter what happens, no matter what they do to you when you grow up, you have no right to complain. That's the message, and it starts very young. Where does it end up exactly? We're finding out. Here's where it ends up. Alexander Katai is a Serbian soccer player who, until the other day, played professionally for the Galaxy in Los Angeles. Last week, Katai's wife posted criticism online of the looters she was watching wreck Minneapolis. A lot of people felt that way. Katai's wife wrote in Serbian, which she speaks, and yet someone noticed them anyway and then attacked her for writing them. She deleted the post very quickly, but it was too late. Now, we should be clear that her husband, the soccer player, may not even have known that she wrote the post. His wife was in Chicago when she wrote them. He was practicing with his team in Los Angeles, but it didn't matter. Protesters dutifully arrived at the stadium to call for his firing. So the management of the LA Galaxy forced Ty to apologize for his wife and then to denounce her, denounce his own wife. Then they made him endorse Black Lives Matter, which he did, and then they fired him anyway, and then they attacked him on his way out for something he didn't even do and may not even have known about that was written in a language almost nobody in America understands. That's what happened. The team's president, Chris Klein, sounded pleased by the whole thing. Quote, in the end, he said, we have to look at what the clubs stand for and who we are. Hmm. Who we are. It's a good question, actually. Who are we? Well, at this point, we're becoming North Korea. We now believe in blood guilt. We punish people for the sins of their relatives. We don't allow individuals to have private thoughts. We hurt anyone who disagrees with orthodoxy. We demand that the innocent plead guilty to things we know they didn't do and then read their confessions in public to prove they've been re-educated. And then we brag about doing all of this. Obviously, something terrifying has descended on America, and it's easy to see if you stand back what has happened. 
terrible ideas suddenly have free reign. Why? Because no one pushes back. Those ideas are met with supine weakness. You've seen it happen a thousand times. Some professional activist says something crazy and destructive because that's what professional activists do always. Defund the police. What's changed, what's brand new, is that no one in charge has the stones to disagree. So the rhetoric gets even crazier and more destructive. Kill the police. Okay, what next? UCLA is now investigating a professor for the crime of reading Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail out loud. Meanwhile, also at UCLA, another professor called Gordon Klein is under police protection tonight. What did Gordon Klein do wrong? Well, when minority students asked to be exempted from final exams after George Floyd died, Klein refused that everyone of all colors has to take the exam. UCLA immediately suspended him. Students threatened to kill him. Now Klein has police cars outside of his house. All of this is happening right now in America. The question is, is anyone defending these guys, defending the right to give exams or to read Martin Luther King out loud? Well, probably not. No one's defending anyone anymore. It's every man for himself. Meanwhile, the worst ideas, the ones that could harm all of us, are growing in power. Last week, the cosmetics company L'Oreal announced it was hiring a black transgender model called Monroe Bergdorf. Bergdorf will sit on the company's newly formed Diversity and Inclusion Advisory Board. Bergdorf had worked at L'Oreal before. If you follow fashion, you know that, but got fired three years ago for writing this specifically addressed to white people. We're going to quote from it. Quote, your existence, privilege, and success as a race is built on the backs, blood, and death of people of color. Your entire existence is drenched in racism. Racism isn't learned. It's inherited and consciously or unconsciously passed down through privilege. Once white people begin to admit that their race is the most violent and oppressive force of nature on earth, then we can talk, end quote. Now, Monroe Bergdorf got canned for writing that. L'Oreal announced that crackpot racial theories were contrary to, quote, diversity and tolerance toward all people, irrespective of their race. That, of course, is true. Or it was true. It's not true anymore, apparently, at least now at L'Oreal. L'Oreal has apologized for ever supporting tolerance and diversity and is now the idea that racism can be inherited and passed down is consistent with L'Oreal's Black Lives Matter inspired HR policies. Some employees there must be worried. We should all be worried. This is terrifying. We should fight against sweeping racial attacks like this with everything we have, not because we're sympathetic to the specific group they're going after, but because it is wrong, always, no matter what, no matter who the target is. No child is born evil. Sin cannot be inherited. That's insane. Certain racial groups are not morally superior to other racial groups, and we should never condemn any ethnicity as, quote, the most violent and oppressive force of nature on earth. That's Nazi talk. I'm sorry, it is. It is. Today, the left has singled out one ethnic group to hate and punish, but tomorrow, it will be another ethnic group. Bigots never stop with just one. It will be every bit as wrong when they do that to other people as it is wrong now because it's always wrong. We have an entire monument on the National Mall in Washington dedicated to the idea that in America, citizens are judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. We don't always live up to that ideal, obviously, but it's got to be the ideal. If we give up on that, if we stop trying to treat people equally under the law, all people, all Americans, all citizens, then we're done. 
At that point, this country is simply a collection of angry tribes, and violence is inevitable. That's where we're heading tonight at very high speed. In fact, we spent almost half of last night's show telling you about the Hey, we're back, Rocco. Did all the video come out? Were you able to hear it? Yes, sir. I heard it great. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure because of the phone. The, uh, a lot could be said, but I didn't. one thing I didn't touch on, I'm sure you've seen this, is how this is being, uh, how this is being orchestrated, how you see Black Lives Matter on Amazon and everywhere else. <laughs> all of a sudden, corporate, Mer- corporate America is getting behind it, again, apart from who's getting the money. This is uh, this is the vision. This is the vision that they want. Could you hang on a few more minutes? Sure. All right. I'm going to play. I'm going to take a, a brief break. I'm going to play a classic, I think a classic song here, and then I will try and talk about some solutions in a few minutes. Thanks. Okay. Listen to the KRP Radio Show. Keep it real, Pajima. KRP Radio!
And that was Chris Parker, Lawrence Chris Parker, known as KRS-One, an acronym for Knowledge Reigning Supreme. He's been called the conscious of hip-hop, the greatest live MC ever, the spokesperson for hip-hop, and master teacher. KRS-One, self-educated in public libraries in New York City. Uh, one question I have, we touched on this before, uh, you, know my, you know my answer already. Uh, is disbanding or eliminating the police outright a, le- a legitimate solution? No. 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 Okay. No. Yeah, Absolutely I, not. I agree. I agree. And avoid it. it, it you know, there was a time in America we didn't have a standing police force. That was before the cities were big over 100 years ago. Cities bring more people, more concentrated people bring more crime. There's one example of people outside of Camden, New Jersey. New Jersey's known, it's legendary for a corrupt police like New York City. Uh, in Camden, mm-hmm. they did fire the entire police department. They didn't get rid of the police, they got rid of their department. They fired the entire department. They hired a completely new department. Some people rehired, and then crime decreased by 50%. So I think a place like Chicago, that'd be a real quick solution right away. That wouldn't cover everything. But that would go a long way if, like, everyone in Chicago, every police officer was fired and they fired a complete new force. I think that would do a lot. Uh, one, uh, there was one article that came out, five, five solutions you won't hear from politicians on how to fix the police. And some have actually, you know, some politicians talked about it. The first would be some of these come in the categories of changing the laws. Some come in the categories of changing how the police are run. And the first would be end the war on drugs. We mentioned that. In other words, if there wasn't any – if none of those laws existed, then yeah, the whole idea of a, no, you know, a lot of no-knock raids, which should go away completely, that would all go away if you know, the war on drugs was gone. Yeah. Incidentally, the war on drugs started with Richard Nixon, Republican, and uh, the spokesperson crowd was Ellis Presley, who was addicted on prescription drugs. Second, uh, a lot of people talk about this now, end qualified immunity. That makes perfect sense. Will it happen? Politicians are saying it. I'll believe it when it happens. That should have happened a long time ago. The other would be have police hold along with that, have them hold personal liability nurses. It's real it's a real simple concept. If you or I do something that's illegal at our place of work, then up from getting fired, we would help we'd be held personally responsible. We'd destroy you know, we destroy property mm-hmm. or whatever. What happens to the policemen, the taxpayers have to pay. That should come to a close. Now the people that I think have have you know, I think about the police irrationally would say, Well, yeah, then no one would want to be a cop. I said, No, no, no. No. No one who's who's corrupt would want to be a cop. <laughs> That's what that would be. Right. No one who's wanna corrupt would would want to be a cop. Uh another solution is uh basically bring predatory police into a halt. And this author basically was talking about uh, eliminating some of the laws like, yeah, Americans on general, one person said commit three felonies a day. Like if, if your light's blown out near your lace, on uh, your license plate, that may be a felony, things like that. And I think they're talking about, too, eliminating the predatory policing, eliminating a lot of revenue generation. So if, if the revenue generation was eliminated from most policing, then police obviously not only will they have less to do, the police force would be smaller. I mean, and I think that would be a good thing. No, the author also said, uh, matter agorist, free thought project, we should end the monopoly that American police have on law enforcement. In other words, let them compete. If a particular city wanted to hire all or part private, 
I think that's fine. And the great thing with that would be then you could fire them without changing the laws. You know, you come in just like you, you have a trash contractor, uh, you, you have a you have, you know, lawn service contractor, you got a police contractor. They're not doing a good job. You fire them. <laughs> you just replace them. That's, I think that's not a bad idea at all. To me, I came up with some more, some more ideas. I'd say make all police unions illegal. Uh, Police unions do not help the system. They they invariably only stand by the police, regardless of how egregious the crimes are the police commit. Just make make police unions illegal. I would also say eliminate all internal affairs divisions. In other words, stop the police from having the power to police themselves. Stop the police from having the power to police themselves. Set up citizen review boards and then select citizens similar way people are chosen for jury duty. So whenever there's an issue with police, police never judge police. It's always citizens. It's never police. That would clean up a lot, I think, extremely quickly, too. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or any others as far as what we can do as far as the criminal police aspect. Yeah, well, you know, I, I do. I, I have I have a lot of things that I, I cannot share now okay. uh, because okay. of the angle that I'm working with them in, in, sure. in you know, in uh, D.C. Okay. first and, and then Raleigh. And, uh, okay. and then hopefully in, in, in some cities near all of us. But I'll say this. I, I do think here's, – here's one thing. I, I believe we need more police, uh, and, and we need more police of uh, people of the community. Uh, I think there should be a push for um, – you know, I don't, I don't know how you're going to do this, right? And, and I know it, it probably sounds asinine to a lot of people. I know it probably sounds crazy, uh, but – uh, community should be uh, governed by people that live in those communities uh, to to a degree and, and with the proper care and respect. And what I mean by that is, you know, there was once a time where uh, the community took care of itself and the police just kind of came after the fact as support for what, and, and, and asked the community what needed to be done and kind of carried that out. Uh, now, I know that this is a different day, so let me modernize it for, you know, our listeners. Uh, why can't there be a push in local high schools for uh, the hiring, the proper training, uh, uh, school placement or classroom placement, if you will, uh, for kids that live in various communities and partnership with those precincts in their communities. Uh, I I feel like uh, my neighbor uh, and and my children and and my the people that live up the street around the corner. I feel like if they were if they were policed by kids that grew up in this neighborhood or people that lived in this neighborhood or even frequented this neighborhood, you know, I think there would be a different care for the neighborhood. Uh, there would be a different approach for the neighborhood. It would be a different a different appreciation for the people that lived in the neighborhood. Um, I think if we could if we could really put a focus on that and and put a plan behind it, I think we we'd have some success there. And uh, you know because you're going to take care of your own. Most people in large are going to take care of their own and 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 the people that they know. So, you know, I think that if, if we handle that with care and we put some real thought behind it and, and a plan of action, that, you know, I think we could be more successful than 
having folks who know nothing about your neighborhood or your neighbor or the people in the neighborhood and care less about what happens there and has uh, a whole host of preconceived notions uh, when they arrive on the scene. And and I I just feel like we'd be better off. But, you know, it's it's a very wild thought. It's, uh, you know, it's not well thought out now. I don't have it planned. I don't have it well written. So it's hard to talk about. Uh, now and and make the points that I that I'm feeling or, or that I kick around in my mind and my brain about it, but just off the cuff, you know, that's one of the ideas that I had and I think would be uh, one solution in the long term. You know, in the long term, maybe not a short solution, but in the long term, I think we we'd be able to be a little successful there. And uh, one of the other things that I think we could do is you know stop policing to a budget. You know, and, and, and being on crime commissions and doing ride-alongs and dealing with these folks uh, for so many years, you know, that's something that the general population don't even realize is that the police are policing to a budget. And, you know, the amount of arrests, the amount of tickets that they write, the amount of tags that they run, uh, a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, cops have a goal on how many tags they need to run per shift. And they justify it by saying that, you know, the tags belong to the state of North Carolina. We just kind of lease them to the general public. And I laughed when I was told that, but that's the reason why they drive around and run, you know, hundreds of tags per night. And so they're policing to a budget. And, you know, if we could stop policing to a budget and police to the need and, you know, get out of the cars and walk the community like it once was, you know, maybe we'd have a better success rate, man. But, you know, I'm just a regular guy with a bunch of ideas and that that always pretty much see the positive out of people. So, you know, my, my ideas will always always be biased and I'll always lean on the side of the people, you know. Yeah, the, the, uh, the community policing, that's good. I mean, they've done that. I know years ago in Philadelphia they did that with substations as far as beat, walking the beats as long as you're saying with the budget. Yeah, I, I, I agree to a, large, to a large extent in that if we get rid of the revenue generation, I think you say more, you know, we could use more police. Unless they were doing something different, I don't know how we'd need more because there's too many laws. So if they eliminate the war on drugs, if they eliminate revenue generation, you know, what are police going to do? Uh, there could be a community, the community aspect. You know, that would be that'd be a great transformation. I agree with what you said, though, as far as not being in the community, and this is part of the deal, and why the system is, yeah, you know, to a large degree corrupt. Uh, a lot of police, and it's not their fault, but you know, they even the honest cops. You know, the, the police are honest; they go on the force, and because there's an us versus them mentality, a lot of them do not want to live in the community where they're at because they're afraid. And yeah, right. they're afraid because there are fun actors, and they don't want anyone getting their hands on them, and especially if they're married, you know, their wife and children. So, yeah, uh-huh. you see that all over the place. I mean, in New York, tons and tons of of NYPD do not live in the city. They're coming in from Long Island, Staten Island. I mean, yeah, well, Staten Island is one of the boroughs, but they don't live there. I mean. The same thing could be said with a lot of places where you know there's higher crime. Uh, they just they do yeah. not want to live in the community. So if you change that and they could do that by law, to just say okay, our paradigm is completely different. 
police are community. Mm-hmm. They're a subset of the community. You have to live in the community to be a police officer. There would be, yeah. It, again, it, it would draw a different type of person over time. It definitely would draw a different type of person. But I think there's too many laws, and that's part of the problem in the revenue generation. If police, if their function was different, they'd have a lot less to do. But right now, I mean, you have the civil asset forfeiture. Yeah, you just have the revenue generation, yep. like you said. You applied it. Yeah, as far as tickets, if all that was gone, uh, yeah, <laughs> it'd just be a lot. There'd be a lot less for police to do. But I know I, I like That's the community true. thing. True. I like it a lot. But they're yeah, afraid. That, that, I mean, that's they're very afraid. true. We we do have we do have entirely too many laws on the book, and and you know it, it's a funny thing. I heard a kid say a kid, and I thought it was pretty profound. But I heard a kid say, man. You know, the police will lock you up and take you in and then figure out what they can keep you for. (laughs) And I I laugh, but, you know, you really think about what happens today. You know, that's what happens, man. That's what goes, you know, that's what happens in society today. They can be uncomfortable with something you say or you don't follow their every command. and, And because of the regard that they hold themselves in, they'll arrest you, take you in, and then... You know, figure out what we're going to hold you for, and even if they can't keep you, they'll they'll release you with only your you're lucky this time. <laughs> yeah. That's how they violate our yeah. constitutional rights. No, no, no th- th- there's no doubt. I mean, the, the system is inherently corrupt to a large degree. As I mentioned, you know, civil asset forfeiture, you know, a lot of times, and a police officer I consider a friend, not an enemy. Yeah, his cop mentality is well, you know, you could get it back, which you shouldn't shouldn't be taken. Money shouldn't, money's not illegal. They want to make it illegal. We're moving towards a cashless society, which is horrible. But money's not illegal. Yeah. Money's not they, they shouldn't be ever, 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 no police officer at any level, federal, state, local, should ever be able to seize your property without due process. That's insane. Absolutely. That, that's, that, that, that's absolutely insane. Uh, again, <laughs> so, so much, they could get rid of the, you know, the immunity. And again, in my opinion, get rid of internal affairs. They could easily do that. Set up police citizen commissions, then any problems is settled by is settled, is settled by people who aren't cops. That that gets rid of a lot of stuff right away. That could get that get rid of, gets rid of a ton, ton of it the whole way. We kinda of touched on this already. I think yeah, the real agenda of the protests being violent. We know there's been provocateurs. We know those bricks didn't appear by themselves throughout the country. We know the police have stood down in different places, New York City, Raleigh, and elsewhere. Uh, we know they stood down in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, why has the government and the mainstream media, which is an extension of the government, and big corporate America, why have they embraced the protests? I think you know what I'm going to say. What do you think? Well, it, it's it's money for for one thing. Uh, let me let me just keep it real. It's it's there's not a real level of care. Uh, we, we you know I, I hate to burst the bubble of a lot of people, but when you see these companies coming out and saying you know Black Lives Matter, we support you, we're gonna be with you. It's just a song and dance. They realize that they're gonna lose your support by not saying something. So a, a lot of it is is just shucking and chiving, and and. Uh, you know, trying to remain relevant and and the almighty dollar. You know, that's a lot of it. Uh, you know, uh, the, the statistics hold true, man. You you know who spend the most money in the United States. I mean, it, it's people of color, uh, and, and you know, you can look up any study you want. 
you know, the United States, you know, people of color spends the most per capita. And these folks are not going to alienate their capital base by not saying anything. And and the ones that don't say anything usually are in such a position that they never say anything about anything that happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of them have has the you know, hands on both sides of the cookie jar, like like most of our billionaires do. In in every election cycle, they give money to both candidates. You know, uh, yep. one via PAC, the other via corporation. You know, uh, this is just what they do, uh, which is why most of them are, are are somewhat the same. But you know, not to get too far off topic, but you know, that's what I believe, man. I I, I feel like it's just a song and dance. But what's what's your thoughts on it? You see how I'm thinking. This, this is this is kind of my thoughts. Compare how the government and the mainstream media, which I've said repeatedly, it's a CIA that came out. You know, I said this on the air before. You go back to the Frank uh, Senator Church Commission and uh, Senator Church Commission in the early 70s. They investigated the assassination of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and others. And one of the things they came out with then, back in the early 70s, is that the CIA had people working in newspapers all over the country. And in my opinion, again, it cannot be proven. I'm just looking at the results, the how the major media and even at the local level orchestrates, they have the same talking points. They use the same words, the same story at the same time. Mm-hmm. The CIA mm-hmm. influences all over there. It's an extension of the government. A lot of people think that they can't, they can't conceive it's that bad. But this is what I think is going on. Compare how the government and the mainstream media treat the protest against COVID-19 when you had working Americans in Raleigh and elsewhere that just said, look, this is immoral. This isn't constitutional. You're saying what I do for a living isn't essential and I have to work. I mean, biblically, God, God created work before there was sin in the universe. We only have a government as a result of sin. Before there was, before there was secular government, God created work. It was a good thing. Adam had to attend. He had the animals to name. Uh, he had a lot of stuff to do. So those people were demonized by the media. They were saying, oh, you, you, you want to kill people in the head, in my opinion, fake protesters, fake nurses and doctors, you know, trying to stare down the protesters. Yet after race, after these protests that want to make uh, racial and they clearly provocateur violence, you had thousands and thousands of people, and then the media endorses that. Then it wasn't an issue. Social distancing wasn't an issue, aside from the fact no science behind that, in my opinion. The masks were no issue, aside from the fact there's no science behind that. If anything, it's going to hurt you. None of that was an issue. But when some group of people got together and said, look, this is wrong that you're saying I can't work, that was demonized. Yet when tons more people largely, you know, largely attached, not necessarily endorsing the violence, when they come out, then that was to do. The goal, their goal is martial law. Uh, that's their goal. Sure. And think, think about how it's done. Little, little anecdote in Raleigh. This whole thing with COVID, and obviously there's going to be a second wave and probably multiple waves, is they want us trained like, like Pavlov's dog. They want us to think, okay, well, if, if we tell you today that you can go out after 8 p.m., it's good. If we tell you tomorrow, you can't. And it's the same thing happened after this with Raleigh. You had they stood down, the Raleigh police in downtown, they stood down. They had some other extracurricular activity. You had some, you had some vandalism uh, in another part of town. They called in the National Guard. And then the mayor of Raleigh said, now we got a curfew. And this is the mentality. They want it drilled in people's minds that whenever 
whenever the so-called leaders, whenever the political leaders just say, we're going to flip the switch, you can't go out. This is martial law. And as I said before, you get rid of the police, what's going to, it's not going to be a vacuum. What's going to happen is going to be replaced by the military. And once the military are on the streets, it's going to be a thousand times worse. And that's what they want. That's they want to do unless you, unless we the people stop it. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. I, I couple of points I want to make. I, you know, mm-hmm. I totally forgot about Operation Mockingbird and that church committee report. <laughs> I, I forgot all oh, yeah. about that, and and, yeah. and that's something that people should look yeah. up and take the time to read because yeah. you know yeah. when you yeah. talk Anderson about Cooper. that. Yeah, that's yeah. Anderson yeah. Cooper, yeah. CIA. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I. I, I mentioned that to some people, but you know, I, I can't for for other reasons I can't go down that rabbit hole right now. Sure. <laughs> sure. But I, I challenge people to read about Operation Mockingbird and and uh and learn about the nineteen seventy five church committee. I think seventy five, seventy six, somewhere around there. No, it was just after Watergate, I do know that. Watergate was what, seventy three, four, seventy three, four? Seventy three, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah right, right, right after right after uh, that, so that that's a good read for people who think that, you know, we're just talking out our ass. But anyway, um <laughs> uh, they they do want martial law, man, and, and that has a lot to do if if people don't believe it, you had to really look at how they just gave up these uh police departments, how they just gave up these yep. United States yep. city blocks. They gave them away, yep. they gave them up. Yeah. They allowed them to be quote unquote taken by force. If you listen to Seattle Police chief, uh, police chief, and she said, you know, we should not have allowed these blocks to be taken by force, and we should not have gave up our our precinct. And this was not my decision. Now people let that blow over their head. (laughs) Yeah, really got to pay attention. That's right. Who was it, and who would make that call, and why would they make such a call? Why would anyone, in their right mind? Evacuate a police department that has what uh, artillery, uh, private, you know, public and private files. I mean, you you yeah. name it, you name it. What's in those departments? You you name it. Um, you know, why, why would anybody in their right mind give up a city block where people own businesses, where people own homes, apartments, you know, or where they rent, you know. What, you got to understand, this is unprecedented, man. You don't find anywhere in the world in a civilized society where they will allow this to happen. No right. one will you, allow this you, to happen, and it happened right here in these American streets. Right. So you got to wonder. Hit, you, hit the, you, hit the, you hit the nail on the head, though, Pudgy. The people in the media, that people are being fed the line that, yeah, like in Shaz, that the people just took it over. The police couldn't do anything. You understand right. that's a lie. Most people don't. They think, for example, that's the right. protests and rally. They don't understand the police stood down. They don't understand the police stood down in New York. They, they have no idea. They believe this is really this is really grassroots. When what this is, it's an all probability federal agents provocateuring the violence. Violence begets violence to get that reaction. So then they could they could get back. They could get even stronger. They come back even harder. I tell you what, man. The, if if people aren't awake and they don't pay attention to legislation, or if they've never ever in their lives paid attention to legislation before, 
you you better get your reading on now, baby, because because th- this era of what's going down, uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Floyd era, you know th- this era <laughs> is gonna change the American civilization uh, for <laughs> man, I, it's gonna take us down paths we've never seen before. And and people better be ready to fight. People better be ready to vote across party lines. People better be, be ready to uh, uh, do like me, register as an independent and, and, and find you some candidates that you can hold their feet to the fire who's going to do the will of the people, and then you choose which side you want to vote on based on what they're going to do for you and in and, and America because it's going to get really, really interesting. I don't even know if we can stop it with the wheels that have already been turning, but we need to be prepared too because it's going to get Downright scary. I mean, if you think NAFTA was bad, yeah. if you think the yeah. the uh, yep. uh, uh, the detention act was bad, if you think the, I mean, all this NSA stuff was bad, you know. And and, and while we're on that topic, and I, I, again, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole either. And I'm not talking conspiracy, but you, folks, you you got to remember there was someone who um, who was ousted, who who ran and hid uh, by uh, paid other governments to hide them. you, you got to remember what Edward Snowden said. If you go back and read what Edward Snowden said, whether you like him or not, uh, a lot of the things that he was talking about from the espionage standpoint is happening right now in the midst of COVID with these phones and these emails and the privacy. Uh, it's just it's just very interesting, man. I, I challenge people to go back and read some of that stuff because he, he was prophetic. It, it's going to be hard at this point to vote our way out of it. I, I'm not optimistic at voting our ways out of it, but I think if the people realize that what's going on, the power grab that's happened with COVID, and again, I, I stress again that they, they're training us to basically think that any time a leader says, a political leader says, you're locked down, that makes it right. No, we still have constitutional rights. The problem mm-hmm. is is that every time you have real protest, it only takes a small amount of people to barack a tort and turn it violence. There's already in so many people's minds, they're believing TV, they think all protests are violent. That they're not seeing, they're not seeing, you know, the provocateurs. They're not seeing that being so. It's not seeing honest protesters exposing the people trying to provoke violence. They're not seeing that. They just see the violence, and they don't know, as well know, the police are, is letting it happen. So I agree. There's some tough times ahead. The big thing again to me, you know, we both avoid going down rabbit trails tonight. That's good. It's a cashless. If they get and they push it clearly with COVID, they want to say cash is dirty. Once they get rid of cash then there's no anonymity. I mean, it's going to be the control that they have is going to be so horrible. And they're already starting to move like that. Up in, up in the north, for example, they got rid of a New Jersey, no cash on the tolls because cash is dirty now. Mm-hmm. And now even the, study, even the study showed that was all a lie. COVID, the, the ability of COVID to stick on a contact on a surface is very limited. It's all, it's all theater. It's all theater. Paperwork Reduction Act. They've been working on this for a long time, for years now. Yeah. Our martial law plans have been, yeah, for a long time. I love the video. I played it. I played it on the show before where Ollie North, uh, you had had a congressman from Florida that said to Ollie North in the bright of day, 
Uh, I'm just concerned about some plans for martial law because I read about in some papers there were some plans to suspend the Constitution. (laughs) (laughs) Then you had Daniel Inouye, a Democratic senator, interrupted him and said, I just respectfully ask that we discuss this in private in a private meeting in closed session. (laughs) That was seventy Dolly North Reagan. That was like eight what eighty. 82, 84. They, they been working uh-huh. on this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, look, well, Marco, we have I, we have to do this again. I, 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 man, I, I always enjoy coming on you and coming on the show with you, man. And I, I just want to tell you that you've done an exceptional job uh, with last Friday's with Rocco P on the KRP radio show and, and your following has grown. I see your numbers, man. And, and it's impressive. And, and you just, you do a terrific job. It, it's very sharp. It's, it's well put. It's precise. And man, we need people like you. And I, I appreciate you, brother. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I enjoy you and your work. Well, thank Thank you much. Thanks for giving me the platform. I think I get the impression the only people listen to the show are you and some feds, but thanks. Thanks, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And and look, man, seriously, you know, shout shout out, shout out before I go. I just want to, you know, know, we do shout out. I want to give a shout out to, you know, um, all the people out there who who are awakening awakening, and who are now paying attention, who've never paid attention before. Uh, You know, you can go back to episodes episodes of KRP, you know, five, six, seven years back. And, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the things that are happening right now before our eyes. And, you know, I employ people to get out of their comfort zones. I employ people to uh, try to see uh, beyond what they've been taught or beyond what they've bought. And, and you know, I don't know, man, it's just – it's it's a sad time right now with what's going on, you know. Find find you some Christ, man. Find you some comfort in Christ. You know, find Amen. you a good group of people that you can rock with. You know, a uh, a group of people who can be a a, a a pillar for you, and that can help hold you up in times that you can't find the, the energy you, to hold yourself up. And uh, because we're gonna all need it, we're gonna all need a group of people that we can lean on that will help keep us strong uh, when we can't find the means to be strong on our own. But God bless you, Rocco, man. You, you're my brother, bro. If you ever need anything, you know, hit me up. And uh, shout-out to the to the cops out there too, man. I don't, I don't want this to come across as, yep. you know, we hate police and, nope. we, you know, we want to see the police dead. And, you know, if you travel yep. internationally and, and, and you see uh, – places who don't have a civilized police entity, it, it gets really real really fast. So, yep. you know, shout out to the people out there who are doing the right thing and, and the cops out there who are speaking out against people that make them look bad. And, uh, you know, God bless y'all, man, and much love to you guys too. Hey, hey, Rocco, you have a good night, brother. Thanks, Pudgy. I appreciate it. Uh, have a good night. Take care. Peace. You've, been listen, you've been listening to the KRP Radio Show, Keeping Real Pudgy Miller. I will hope to be back next month, not next Friday, but next month. 
in July. Last Friday in July will be the 31st, which is the last day of the month, KRP Radio Show. Thank you, Pudgy Miller, for using your platform. K-I-R-P Radio! Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.